Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. I landed a contract in Italy, but I need five freelancers to make it happen. I said, sure, let's chat over coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC, take on the world. Tap into free content for e-commerce businesses looking to streamline operations and win over customers. Reports, ebooks, and webinars, Canada Post created it all for you. Download one of our free resources at canadapost.ca forward slash content. The Canadian Export Challenge and the Startup Canada Awards are coming to a city near you. Entrepreneurs in Vancouver, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Mississauga, Montreal, and Fredericton have the opportunity for a full-day entrepreneurial experience. In the morning and afternoon, attend your one-day global accelerator where you will connect to Canada's entire trade, export, and growth ecosystem. Accepted entrepreneurs have the chance to pitch to win $25,000 in cash and up to an additional $100,000 in in-kind scaling support. In the evening, celebrate the winners of the 2019 Startup Canada Awards who are driving innovation and growing the economy in your region. Register for the Canadian Export Challenge at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC and get your tickets to your local award ceremony at startupaward.ca. Here to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business, it's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Really excited to bring to you something special that I've been working with, and that's a community a new community where we're engaging online with entrepreneurs from around the planet. And I invite you to join me. All you have to do is go to the link www.headspacefe.com where amazing conversations are happening with entrepreneurs. This is Ria Karamanchi, founder and CEO at SmartCane. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbett, and uh, we have amazing guests all the time. But today's guest is uh, really, really freaking cool. And, you know, I use the terminology rock star every now and then. Uh, Well, in fairness, I use it a lot, but... 
she is a rock star with a capital R. On today's episode, our guest is an entrepreneur who took an idea she had from a chance encounter with her friend's visually impaired grandmother and turned it into a successful startup business with a promising career ahead. Love to welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, Ria Caramanchi, an entrepreneur from Toronto with an impressive list of accomplishments. Ria is an avid ML developer and innovator at the Knowledge Society. She is the founder and CEO of SmartCane, a company that is building an enhanced version of the common white cane for the visually impaired. She found it really shocking that the white cane was never updated to take advantage of new technologies, so she's decided to change it. I love it. She started SmartCane because of her passion in harnessing technology to better people's lives. The device leverages technology to increase independence and safety through GPS, object detection, and computer vision, gaining over $73,000 in funding and support from some of the world's top companies like Microsoft, Google, TD, and of course, DMZ in Toronto. Her hard work and passion in her field have led her to be recognized as an innovative entrepreneur with a portfolio to match. And get this, I'm not going to say she's only 15 because that's not being respectful. She's 15. What an amazing career she has in front of her already. It's so cool. In today's podcast, Rhea is going to let us in on her unconventional path to unconventional success and give us a look at what it's like being a young entrepreneur in today's growing technological world. Rhea, thanks so much for being on the Startup Canada podcast show. Thank you so much, Rivers, for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. So my friend, talk to us about that day when you were with your friend, uh, you were seeing that situation where the grandmother was just kind of kind of having the white cane and you went, you know what, that's wrong. Something's got to be better for her. Yeah, for sure. So it was actually a day last year uh, near the end of grade eight. And I just went over to her house and her grandmother actually ended up visiting and coming over. And I was talking to her and I noticed that she was bumping into a lot of things when trying to get around, whether it was the lamp or the drawer. And it didn't really make sense to me because she was using a device that was supposed to prevent those kind of things from happening. So I asked her about it and she told me that, yeah, the cane has never been updated. And I thought that was absolutely insane. And um I was seeing all of these amazing things coming out around me, you know, whether it was in artificial intelligence or quantum computing. And to find that something so traditional hasn't been updated in so long, and to see that the only change that's been implemented was adding a red stripe onto it to identify if somebody was visually impaired or not was really, really baffling to me. So when I got home, I actually just went on Google and I searched up, what's the device that people with sight loss use? And it was called the White Cane. And I found out that it never has been updated since 1921. Oh, come on. Yeah, almost 100 years. Almost 100 years. So um, because I just love technology and coding so much, I wanted to see if I could maybe use my skills to come up with a solution. So what happened next? Yeah, so um, after that, the school science fair actually came up and it's an opportunity to come up with a solution. So I actually got together with a friend and told her about my idea. And then for a school fair, uh, we created something and it started out as a smart zoo and then later evolved into the smart cane with the features that you listed. So object detection, 
that would vibrate if anything is in front of a person from knee to head level, uh, GPS navigation to direct a person to their destination using varying vibrations, and also computer vision to actually use artificial intelligence to describe a person's surroundings. So if you were to point your phone camera at different things, it would tell you what they are. And um, after that, we actually ended up winning at our school fair in advance to the regional science fair. And we won a lot of awards there. But after that, I really, really wanted to take it forward from there but to be honest I actually had no idea how and um, Rivers so in grade 7 the year before I actually did a program called Zero to Startup and initially before that when somebody said the word technology to me the first thing that I would think of was either a phone or the internet something really basic and Mm, that's kind of what we're taught in schools nowadays but then um, after being exposed to some amazing things that are happening around me the real real area where technology uh, is expanding at an exponential rate. Uh, I was taught also about business and how to apply those things to solve a lot of important problems. Uh, It inspired me to come up with that solution and take that step beyond. So I kind of had that entrepreneurial knowledge before that. And in that program, it's actually when I started my first venture called Smart streetlights. So um, though it failed, I actually learned a lot from it and I was able to apply it when turning the this into a startup. So after that, um, I actually found out about this opportunity called Health Hackathon. Uh, and I was just on Eventbrite one day when I came to know of it. So I decided to go for it. And um, I was actually <laughs> so shocked because I was the only person under 18 there. Um, but to be honest, I mean, it was a little intimidating at first. But sure. Yeah. I mean, the worst case scenario is you learn something, right? So sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I decided to um, go for it, pitch my idea. And then I think that's the first part where the project went forward from there we formed a team and then I got my first internship at a place called Medic it's a software development lab focused on health solutions at Mohawk College so that was some of summer of grade eight there and then uh, after that we've just been uh, at the beginning just going to a lot of different hackathons to meet new people finding ways to expand the team going going to job fairs. And um, ever since then, we have raised about $73,000 in funding to date and have partnered with some amazing companies and um, are on set to make our minimum viable product at the end of the month. So currently we have a prototype, but are ready to make something for testing and are on set to have our pilot project in about February. You know, I uh, was warned about you. My producer, Maddie Stiles, said she is amazing with capital letters. And so she said, put on your seatbelt. Rhea, you're remarkable. What? Are, I mean, seriously, that this could be the end of the podcast right now. And people would say, okay, that was incredible. So, but we got to continue on. So, so, um, I want I want you to talk to me about your team first of all and you know how you put it together because I see a lot of entrepreneurs particularly young entrepreneurs you know they really don't spend the time to really understand the importance of getting the right people on the team so let's start there and then second of all I, I wanted I want you to tell the folks what you've done with the $73,000 that you can uh, that you can tell you know I, I respect confidentiality 
Yeah, of course. So um, to be honest, it was actually uh, a bit tough in the beginning to find a team of good people. But something that I found was going to these competitions were really, really valuable, especially hackathons, because it was a get together of a lot of like minded people. And specifically, the ones that I attended were focused around health and accessibility. So I got to meet a lot of people who were both really, really great experts in their field, but passionate about the same thing. And I think when you're looking for a team member, it's really important that they're good at what they do, but also well aligned with the vision and mission. And um, I'm really, really thankful to have found and met those people. So currently we are about a team of six, ranging from some MBAs, designers and engineers working together and are still actively expanding. And much of our team is actually donating their time and working on it um, as a part-time job. And it's really, really amazing. And I'm very, very appreciative of that. And there's just really, really Mm. amazing people and super fun to work with. And yeah, so um, it's just been reaching out also cold calling people um meeting with people around the world um some people from india and also the u.s and um also just going to a lot of different job fairs whether it was at the university of toronto uh, or ryerson university and actively finding people who would be interested in working on something like this it's it's wonderful and um you know, I love the fact that you mentioned fun. I think that that's important. Uh, I like the fact you mentioned it was tough. It means that you really took a focus in on understanding the uh, the importance of getting the uh, the right people on your team. So, so that thank you for allowing us to take that journey. So, what have you been doing with seventy three thousand dollars? Because the impression would be, oh, she's so rich. Oh, she's got all this money, all this kind of stuff. So, but we know the opposite. I'm sure you're investing like that and more in your business. Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, something that I get a lot from my friends, um, they're like, oh my gosh, you're so rich, yeah. like you have so much money. Yeah. And I'm like, no, um, that's not something that I should be using for myself. It's something that should be growing the company. Mm-hmm. And um, they are always so confused when I say that. Yes. But um, yes. um, uh, yeah, so um, I've been putting a lot of it towards the company. Um, we're starting to hopefully get to pay some of our employees. And um, a lot of it's been focused on filing our patent and also uh, product development in terms of hardware and um, the engineering aspects. So in terms of the electrical and mechanical engineering. So a lot of it's been going towards getting that MVP test ready product for a pilot project. So thank you for that. So you were recognized in 2017, uh, 2017 is one of the top 20 teen entrepreneurs worldwide by teen business. First of all, congratulations. I want you to tell us what teen business is. And, uh, you know, I, the, the next question says, well, why do you want to start at such a young age? And I never buy into age as a, uh, as a special thing when it start when people are being entrepreneurs, I don't care if you're 96, I don't care if you're six. What I was really impressed with is just your intuition, your passion in your DNA, was to solve a problem. And that's the essence of what it takes to be an entrepreneur. So, um, uh, and, and, and doesn't matter what your age are, you just are making it happen and kudos to you, but I am interested in what is teen business and also what keeps you motivated? How do you keep going? I mean, you're, you're a busy young woman keeping school, all the activities of smart came going and so on. What keeps you motivated on a day-to-day basis? So teen business first, and then the motivation. Yeah, for sure. So I was so, so excited um, about the nomination and award from Teen Business 
to be recognized as one of the top 20 teen entrepreneurs and globally at that. So that was such a present. I was so, so thrilled. And um, basically, Teen Business is an amazing magazine that recognizes a lot of teen entrepreneurs around the world. And um, at that, it's not really people um, that are born into it. It's a lot of people who uh, were self-made and um, started from not much and built something on their own after seeing a problem. And um, they're really, really focused on that social impact aspect so I was very very glad um, to have been nominated and cool. getting at that award and it was definitely also a huge motivator for me um, I think there's always those points where you know it's um, should I be doing this or um, it always gets a little tough but I think hearing that and also just the people that I've talked to who have had sight loss and are telling me about the challenges that they face is an incredible motivator for me and our team to keep going as well. And I totally agree with um, what you said about age. Mm. I think a lot of people, when they think of a 15-year-old or 16-year-old, you know, they might think, oh, yeah, you know, they go to high school, they go home, they do your homework, and I mean, that's it. Yeah. But I think there's so much more to that. And because we have so much time on our hands, and I don't think we're taking full advantage of that. Because when we do want to, let's say, start a company um, a common thing that people do is, you know, maybe I'll just start one in university or maybe when I get a job and I mean, right. we constantly put it off. But what's the reason to doing that? I mean, especially now is one of the most exciting times to be alive. Like, look around us there's amazing <laughs> innovation happening especially in Canada and um, it's just so exciting to be here right now and especially in the tech industry it's like in the 1990s you know the internet was going to be the next big thing but now we're at a really exciting turning point in history where there isn't just one next big thing anymore more. There's so many, whether it's in artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, genomics, uh, quantum computing. There's an incredible abundance of so many different things that are literally going to change every single industry. And especially now, all of these technologies and what it takes to learn about them are made accessible right at our fingertips. So it's an incredible learning opportunity. Yeah. But also, instead of viewing these technologies as entities, you can also view them as tools to leverage them to solve a lot of important problems. So I think that's a huge motivator for me and also the prospect of having an impact on the world. So I'm actually a part of a program called the Knowledge Society, and it's an amazing innovation program helping develop unicorn people. So <laughs> I know that might sound a little, little weird at first. You might think of the animal, but but um, actually, it was coined as, um, you know, in the startup industry, a company that has a valuation yep. of over a billion dollars is considered a unicorn company. That happens in a short amount of time. So similar to that, um, we're trying to develop unicorn people. So people that can impact over a billion people. And that's kind of what I'm striving to be. So that's definitely that final big motivator for myself to keep on going. And I think, yeah, like you said, age is literally just a number. Instead, it's just your hustle, willingness mm -hmm. to put in the work and yep. how much you're willing to fail and learn from your failures. What are some of the hacks that you use to, uh, to build your business? Yeah. In terms of hacks, it's just, I think a common misconception is that um, a lot of older people and executives at big companies won't want to help you. But the thing is what a lot of young people don't know or people in general is um, you could just go for it and message them because there is no worst case scenario. And you know, one of my favorite yeah. It's actually um, from Wayne Gretzky, and it's 
that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, you know, whether it's right. going to a hackathon for the first time or messaging uh, an executive at a large company to see if he wants to mentor you um, or even setting up a meeting with a person you'd want to get advice from, we all we often stop ourselves before we even go for it. But I think is if you don't go for it, then the outcome is the same as if you get a no from them. So if you just really go for it and message them, cold call people, you never know what can happen because it's, let's say if you messaged 100 people, 99 of them could say no, but that one person could also say yes. So that was a really, really important life hack for myself. And another thing is just believing in yourself and also figuring out to learn how to learn because what we learn is important, but how we learn is equally important. Right. Mm, so I think that was really important for me. I mean, for myself, um, in the beginning, I wasn't um, that well immersed in software development, but it was just taking that time and really putting in the work and hustling, even if you were faced uh, some obstacles, to just oh, do your best to overcome them. And you're just really going to have to put in the work. And I think that was a huge thing. Okay, I'm going to ask you a blunt question, and uh, it's okay if you plead the fifth and you don't want to answer it, but I got to ask you, do you find school boring now based on this journey you've been on for the last uh, little while? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually don't even go to school very often. <laughs> um, I can attest to that, but um, I find school incredibly boring, uh, to be frank. I mean, I don't think, sure. I don't think we're being taught. Uh, about the important things that we need to know and we're not being prepared for how the future world is going to be like and we're being taught a lot of traditional things you know the technology that we've been using to learn has changed but what we're learning hasn't changed at all and for example right. I was actually in geography class last year in grade nine and um, we were learning about different soil samples and I was thinking you know this kind of stuff was really really valuable 100 years ago and it still is um but I think there are more things that are outweighing that and provide more value, whether it's learning about different technologies to see how you can have an impact on the world. Um, and even in history class this year, it's amazing how we're learning about, you know, how the world was like um, 100 to 200 years ago and how Canada uh, evolved to the country it has been and changed to today. But I think is we're learning about history and that's great, but we also need to be learning about how the future is going to be like, and, mm. um, are being taught about something that may not exist. You know, a lot of the jobs that are going to be there in the future may not be right. there, but I think something that, um, is common is because we don't know what's going to be there in the future because a lot of new jobs are going to be created as well. But, um, where a lot of these things intersect and how you can prepare for things like that and prepare for the unknown is teaching a lot of students, the soft skills and what's actually really, really needed. Um, whether it's communication, delivering a good presentation, um, writing skills, writing articles or one pagers, that those are the things that are going to be the most valuable and are going to help students when they do enter the workforce. Um, but I think our potential um, in school, um, we're not really being told that, you know, we can start a company that when we're younger, or we can be a machine learning developer at 15. It's also that external motivation um, that needs to uh, be told to us because um, some people, um, even though um, my mentors were telling me that, yeah, you can do it. And I think that was a huge thing that contributed to us 
success and actually going from, yeah, I'm a student that does homework to actually solving a lot of important problems. So being told that you can do it is so valuable. And I think we need to be told that a lot more. Uh, that's brilliant. Thank you. For, uh, just thank you for that. And uh, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I see a lot of changes happening from when I was in school to what's happening now, at least the word entrepreneurship is starting to happen in the system. But you mentioned something a little earlier, Rhea, about the, uh, you know, that when you fail, uh, that's how you learn. And this traditional school systems are all based upon red marks, which are X's. And if you did that, if you fail in answering a question correctly, that's bad. And that's a, you know, that sense of you can do it, you can do it. I think that there needs to be more of an emphasis on, okay, you got the question wrong. What did you learn and how can you do better next time versus you're, you're, you got it wrong. So thanks for letting me take that journey uh, into the school system. I am 150% behind you on that. I want to get back to uh, smart cane. So, so you're building a prototype now. Yeah, so we actually built out a prototype and uh, we're working on making a test ready product um, for a pilot project in February. So it's both very exciting and very stressful. But (laughs) in the end, um, it's very, very worth it. And I'm so, so happy that we got this far. And to be honest, I didn't even think it would get this far. I thought of it as, you know, maybe it'll just stay as a project because I wasn't really sure on um, how it would be like. But I think I'm so, so glad that I decided to go forward with something like this and follow my instincts to actually see what I could do to have an impact. So it's very, very heartwarming. And I think uh, seeing those things that are happening around me, that always constantly motivates me. And it's been an incredible learning experience at the same time. What's been unconventional for you that uh, you can share with entrepreneurs that are on this uh, on this podcast listening now, which I can assure you are thousands of them. So uh, what's what's been unconventional? You said, oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. I, I, I would never have thought about that along my journey. And uh, that's cool that it's helping us uh, build our business. I think a big thing was, um, I mean, especially for me, um, I wasn't really exposed into all of these emerging tech fields. You know, the biggest thing I did was coding on an Arduino before I started SmartCane. So I think a big thing was applying everything that I've learned and going from that zero to one or zero to 10. And a big jump for me was from coding in a regular language to actually jumping to actually attempting to learn how to build different machine learning models. And um, that was incredibly unconventional for me because I thought, you know, maybe you have to have a PhD to even start doing that. Right, right. Yeah, so it was um, that it was that time when I found out that you don't have to have a PhD to do things like that because so many things are made available online to actually help people learn. And I think another big thing is a lot of people nowadays think of things like artificial intelligence or nanotechnology as an entity in a whole. So yeah, like I have an AI startup, but no, we don't. We're using AI and specifically computer vision to solve XYZ problem. And I think that's a lens that more people should look into. And I think that's where we fell in a little unconventional, but also um, being able to um, manage school and also running a company is definitely something that's unconventional uh, in terms of 
and surrounding myself with people my age. And there's always those times where I get that from like from my friends, like, oh, why are you doing this? Um, yeah. You know, you could be just like going to the movies or something. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just um, overcoming that and not falling into um, what other people say. Um, and there are always going to be those people that will think that, you know, maybe you're like just you're just 14 or 15. Um, maybe I don't really want to talk to you. Maybe I won't really get that that much value from you but there's always going to be those people that'll say no but there's still always going to be those people that say yes and um especially in terms of accessibility it's not something that a lot of people think about and um i think with the white cane what i get from like when i tell people my idea is it's like wow why didn't i think of that like or also um how did nobody come up with a solution to this and i think it's just so obvious but the problem is not a lot of people are taking the time out of their schedule or their day to think about these problems that are happening around the world to come up with solutions. And I think something that's also happening right now is we often wait for an idea to just come to us. But instead, we really need to take that time and be accountable and maybe spend or one hour a day just researching a lot of different industries to find faults in a lot of them and finding out how we can use our knowledge and skills to come up with the solution to that and i think that's where technology plays a huge role you know i i can't remember who it was whether it was bill gates or steve jobs or one of those uh, tech gurus who actually takes an hour a day to just think and do exactly like you just said just get away from the busy and just sit there could be in the office could be in the car could be on a beach but it's that common common denominator i'm just going to think for an hour and there's no agenda to the thinking but it's just an exploration so uh, i think that's so cool um do you have any brothers or sisters no i'm actually an only child <laughs> okay and what do your parents uh, think about what what journey you're on oh they're so supportive and i'm so so grateful for that because yeah. you know when i'm talking to a lot of my friends and the, you know the programs that i do a lot of the things that i get is um the parents are, are little reluctant uh, to let them miss school um, because they because they grew up in a very traditional society um, it's really prevalent to have those kind of views of a school focused mindset and I think yeah school is great but I think there's so much more to life than that and there's so much more to learning than that and I think we really limit ourselves so my parents have been incredibly supportive both on an emotional factor when I was facing a challenge to always constantly motivate me um, but also be really flexible in terms of what I do and um, I've actually got I got my report card a couple weeks ago and uh, my absences were actually more than the classes I've attended but um, uh, (laughs) as you can see I'm like never really there but I think that you know going outside of that school learning environment and actually doing things helps teach you even more and the value that you get out of that is so much more than the value you can get out of a textbook and you can be learning the same thing but you could be learning by doing and actually applying what you learned and I think that's really really valuable and I'm very very grateful that my parents believe that as well how were your marks uh yeah my marks are pretty good and I think something that people think is you do kind of have to have that trade-off um between school and like not going to school but I think it's like yeah you can work hard um but it's also important to work smart yeah. And I think now I've been putting the least effort into school 
but I've been getting better marks than I have been getting like ever before. So I think it's just figuring out that kind of balance and what you need to do to get a good mark. Because um, at the same time, you can't really have a best of both worlds and you are going to have to make sacrifices. It's all about prioritizing your time and not thinking about the short term, you know, whether I should do this history project or um, work on this proposal to a company for my business that's going to be adding value um, five to 10 years from now and not focusing on that short-term um, value of about, let's say, six to 12 months. I, I, I can just imagine the schools, if, if, a couple of things. One is uh, I'm a firm believer that you're successful in life when you zag, when everybody else zags. And you are definitely zagging, my friends. And so <laughs> that's why you're experiencing, in my opinion, one, one of the key factors of your success. And as you're telling me the story of your marks and, uh, and your absence and so on, I, like you were so going against the system. And I can, I can, I can just imagine they're all sitting in that staff from at school saying, I don't know what to do with this one because she's not coming to school, but her marks are getting yeah. better. <laughs> and they're like, what do I do? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Uh, so funny. And because uh, you're a disruptor. You are a disruptor, and I applaud you for being a disruptor. That is so cool, um, Ria. How? Uh, what are your thoughts on Startup Canada? How? Uh, how can? Um, how can entrepreneurs that are uh, that you're surrounded with and so on uh, give them some advice on on Startup Canada? Oh, Startup Canada is amazing. And the first way that I, I actually got involved with them was I found out about um, a pitch competition that they held, and it was a Startup Export Challenge. And I decided to go for it. Oh, yes. A lot of the very well-established Toronto um, companies that were competing in the competition. And everybody was incredibly supportive. They didn't think of me as a 15-year-old. They thought of me as a regular startup founder. And mm. I'm so grateful that they provided me that amazing opportunity to go and pitch to some of the top Canadian industry professionals. And that provided some incredible advice to both myself and also the connections that I made through the events that they've held were amazing. And I I've built a lot of incredible relationships um, with these people and the results that I got out of them were incredible and Startup Canada is just a, an amazing organization that's helping entrepreneurs grow, helping startups grow and providing them with actual tangible things uh, that they can use and a lot of really, really great resources to help them go on that next level of their business to accelerate it even further. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Great commercial. I, 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 <laughs> a note to Cyprian who does, a, who's the, who's the uh, technical producer, capture that and make a commercial off of that. That's great job, Ria. So I have, I have no, two I questions. Like it's, um... Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, um, you can go ahead. I was just saying, like, <laughs> honestly, like the truth. Um, I like, I had an amazing time in Startup Canada and it's just yeah. think like, Every single entrepreneur, you know, no matter what stage of the business you're in, to just go for it. And um, you never know what can happen. And yeah. sort of Canada is just amazing for that. 
They have, yeah. They've, uh, I've uh, been fortunate to have been there since day one, and uh, the leadership of Victoria and Cyprian has just been amazing with a stellar vision, value proposition, and they're started up themselves, so uh, I love that reinforcement. So I have two questions left for you. Um, actually, three. Let's kind of start with the third one first. I want to make sure people can, can, can connect with you. So what's the website address for SmartCane first? Yeah, so the SmartCane website address is mysmartcane.ca. And um, feel free to okay. reach out on that. Um, we have a connect page on the bottom um, that sends uh, something to my email and I respond very, very fast. So um, if any of you have any questions or any feedback, really, honestly, anything would be very, very, very valuable. So um, it would be amazing um, if you do decide to reach out and I'd be happy to connect. Cool. Okay. So that's quite, that's the third question. The second question is, um, have you gone back to the original grandmother and told her what you're doing? I actually haven't. Um, she actually came to visit one day and, um, I actually did start out with that friend and, um, uh, unfortunately she wasn't able to, uh, continue with the project, but I do hope that, you know, one day she does come back and, um, I could yeah. try it out with her. Um, it was actually one of my yeah. elementary school friends. So um, uh, a lot of our friends, actually, we all went to different high schools, but um, it would have uh, been yes. absolutely amazing. Yes. And uh, I definitely yeah. hope that maybe in the future um, I can see her again and maybe she could try it out. I mean, she was in fact the thing yeah. that inspired it all. She was absolutely. I've had that happen before where people have said, you know, you, you made me think on this rivers and so on. And I know that I really appreciated that, that uh, I was able to have that impact. So I encourage you to do that. And the third question, the first question of the three was, um, this has been an amazing journey conversation, uh, all above. And Maddie was right. I want to leave the final word to you, my friend. Uh, what's, uh, what's the one thing that you want to leave the audience with? with that uh, that they should remember from this conversation you and your journey yeah I think the biggest thing is it's never too early but it's also never too late to start and I think when you see a problem that's happening around you to just go for it and solve it and when you want to find out different ways where you can solve a lot of important problems. Technology plays a huge role and can help so much in that. But also is that you have to take an unconventional path to achieve unconventional success. And it's a quote that a lot of my mentors at both the Knowledge Society and different um, organizations tell me. If you want to be the next Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, I think, like you said, um, Rivers, uh, if everybody's doing the zig, you have to egg so definitely just go for it take that risk and you never know what can happen and strive right. to become a unicorn person <laughs> i love it ria you have a great day i want you to continue to skip school matter of fact never go back to school again because <laughs> we need you in this entrepreneur space and high five to your mom and dad too because yeah it does take a team takes a family uh, to make it as well as the team on the uh you know your, your business team so thank you my friend it's been Perfect a real privilege takes a village. Yeah, mm-hmm. a- thank you so much for having me rivers i had an amazing time cool. have a good day my friend you too have a great day Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 